Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. So we are reading the epistle of Titus. This is Paul's letter to Titus, who was over some congregations in Crete. And he's advising Titus on how to handle the congregations and also to set up elders and do different things. So we read chapter 1 last time. We read chapter 1 last time. At the end of chapter 1, um, Paul is really saying how these false teachers were, you know, basically claiming that they were associated with God and knew God, but by their actions they were denying and disowning him. So then here in chapter 2, now I'm reading in the Amplified Bible, but here in chapter 2, Paul continues on to Titus, But as for you, teach the things which are in agreement with sound doctrine, which produces men and women of good character whose lifestyle identifies them as true Christians. You know, I've noticed in Paul's letters, and this is this is because all this comes from the Lord, Jesus, he is beating the same drums over and over, telling us to live accordingly, properly, to be gentle, to be courteous, to be nice, to be caring, to be loving. He's telling us these things over and over and over. And I'm not complaining, and I'm not tired of it. I need to be reminded of it. So I'm not tired of it. I'm not complaining. But I'm just saying, it is such a solid beat on the drum through all his letters to me that I'm, I'm hearing these same things. You know, we're to be honest. We're to be true. We're to be studying the word and living accordingly, and uh, you know, being having good character. You know, these are all important, very important things. Paul knew this was important. So, I don't mean to uh, get off on a tangent myself, but you'll notice these same things keep coming up over and over and over. And it's for our edification, for us to be aware that there are false teachers out there. And that we need to make sure we're studying the word. We are better off than these people because we actually have the Bible that we can look at. And we should be doing that. Even if you just listen to it, if you don't, some people don't like to read and that's fine. You can listen to it. You can get it on your phone, this app I have. It will, it will read your Bible to you. So, I mean, whatever you want to do. Or you can get it on your computer, but, you know, something, you know. Something to be studying and listening to the word and you need to hear the message from Jesus, and then you need to you need to hear Paul's letters. Um, all of these are very edifying, and and you need to hear it all. But I'm just saying, if I had to pick and choose to start with, you know, I would start with um, the Gospels, and then Acts, and then Paul, and then all the epistles, you know, and then. You know, you can you can look at Revelations when you want. That's a very difficult book, so decide what you want to do as far as that goes. And if you want to skip it for a time, that's okay because it is a very difficult book. You could always go back and then, you know, read the Old Testament. The Old Testament starts to make a lot more sense to you after you've read the New Testament, which is kind of funny, but true. So, and and I think... Uh, if you were already really familiar with the Old Testament, like like Jews are, then when they read the New Testament, I think then that makes more sense to them too. But for us, because like I'm not a Jew, I 
was not raised that way at all. So um, I don't, I didn't know the Old Testament. So I really got a lot of benefit out of starting with the New Testament and then going back and learning all the historical stuff and all the things that had gone on before. And I am off on a tangent. I do apologize, but just just something to think about. Um, we are just so blessed to have the Bible, so we should take advantage of it. That really helps. Okay, so I'm going to move on. I didn't get past verse 1. So anyway, Paul continues on. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, in steadfastness, Christ-like in character. Older women, similarly, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor addicted to much wine, teaching what is right and good, so that they may encourage the young women to tenderly love their husbands and their children, to be sensible, pure, makers of a home which God has honored, um, where, I'm sorry, not which, where God is honored, good-natured, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. In a similar way, urge the young men to be sensible and self-controlled and to behave wisely, taking life seriously. And in all things, show yourself to be an example of good works with purity in doctrine, having the strictest regard for integrity and truth, dignified, sound, and beyond reproach in instruction, so that the opponent of the faith will be shamed, having nothing bad to say about us. So he's trying to tell us too, as Christians, in a in a roundabout way, he's also letting us know that our opponents, you know, if we act up and act stupid, well, they see that. If we act hypocritically, they see that. And then they use that against us. They say bad things against us. And that means it's not that we're worried about ourselves or what people think about us. We're worried we want to be able to draw these people to God. And we can't draw them to God if we're not acting correctly. Because if we're acting incorrectly, they're going to see that and they're going to be like, well, you don't do that. You don't act correctly. You don't, you know, you say one thing and do another. So why would I, why would I pay any attention to you? And that's a valid point from a very humanistic viewpoint, actually from just a logical standpoint, honestly. If somebody comes to me and they're saying one thing and acting another, I'm yeah, I'm probably going to say, yeah, I'm not going to pay attention to you because you don't make sense. You know, God always makes sense. He always says and does what he says. You know what I mean? It's all very straightforward. It's one thing you can really appreciate about God. He's he's very straightforward <laughs> and and he says and he does what he says <laughs> and he does. You know, I mean, it's all that's all just one thing. He's just you know, so he's true and he's honest and he's forthright and uh, so that's important to us that we try to act like our father and be the same. Urge bond servants to be subject to their own masters in everything, to be pleasing and not talk back, not stealing things regardless of value, but proving themselves trustworthy so that in every respect they will adorn and do credit to the teaching of God our Savior. Now, notice here, and you just apply this to us as workers, okay? When we work for 
anybody, a company, a restaurant, I don't care if it's a company or if it's a family-owned thing or whatever. When we work for someone else, we should not be stealing anything from them or the business. You know, that's, I mean, not even a pen or, or paper or staples or anything. We shouldn't be stealing anything, you know. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't even think. Now, my company provides me with a laptop. Okay, so I'm not stealing that. They provide that because they want to control the laptop I have so that it's it's just the way they want it all the time. So that everything I do is more secure and, and all this stuff. So so that's cool. That's good because they like to do things that way. But I don't have like one pen or one piece of paper or anything of theirs. I only have that laptop which they provided. I think that, I'm trying to remember if that mouse is even theirs or if that's one of mine. Nonetheless, you get the idea. I'm not trying to like, ooh, say look at me. That's not what I, That's not what my intent is. My intent is to say that we don't need to be taking things from work, even if it's a pen or a notepad or, you know, all these little things that people take, which they do, and I know they do, and... Um, that's it's wrong it's wrong to take those things I, I know I used to have you know a desk at work when I worked in the office and my desk would have uh, you know company pens and I would have stickums and papers and stuff it was all stuff supplied by the company and I, I did not take that stuff home because I always feel weird about it now I won't say that I I shouldn't say I never I probably did accidentally take a pen or two in my time I tried to always make sure those got back, but, you know, I probably was not perfect. But I know that here for a long time, I have made a conscious, conscious choice to never take anything. It's okay to take what I need to work and do my work, but not to take anything for personal use beyond that. Um... Some people would say it's not a big deal. A lot of people in the office, even managers, might go, oh, it's no big deal. But to me, it just didn't feel right to do that. So, so, And, and I think Paul backs that up here, just saying, you know, regardless of the value of something, you know, don't be taking things that aren't ours. Because it's still stealing. Uh, and yeah, I know. It's not a big deal. And certainly God is not going to uh, execute you over a company pen. Okay, let's let's be realistic. But it's just little things like that can lead to other things. where It kind of opens that door a crack where you might think something else is okay when it's really not. So it's just something to watch out for. All right, going to move on. Verse 11, For the remarkable undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensible, upright, and godly lives with a purpose that reflect spiritual maturity in this present age, awaiting and confidently expecting the fulfillment of our blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Christ Jesus, who willingly gave himself to be crucified on our behalf to redeem us and purchase our freedom from all wickedness and to purify for himself a chosen and very special people to be his own possession who are enthusiastic for doing what is good. Alright, so I'm going to back up for a minute. 
So, you know, he's telling us, you know, he's he's saying urge bond servants to do this so that they will in they will be respect and will adorn and do credit to the teaching of God our Savior. Okay? And then he's like, this is kind of like the reasoning for these things, okay? For what he's just said above about bond servants, young people, old people. All these things he says, and he says, and this is kind of like the why paragraph. Because the grace of God has appeared to all men, and it teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldly desires. We're supposed to live sensible and godly lives, meaning we're being true and honest and, and holy as God is holy, and we, we act accordingly, you know, um, even in this age, whatever age it is, in his case, that was the age back then, and, and this is the age now, some might say we're in the same age because we're all after after Jesus has died and, and resur resurrected. So, But we're all waiting for the appearance of Jesus. We're waiting on him to come and fully and completely redeem us because he has, you know, he gave himself on the cross. He purchased us with his blood. He, he has redeemed us, you know. But what I'm talking about is when he returns, he fully redeems everybody. And we, we all go on to be with him. So, because um, he's the one that's purchased us, though. He has made us his chosen people and we should be enthusiastic for doing what is good um like jesus did what was good so he ends the chapter here tell them this is verse 15 tell them these things encourage and rebuke with full authority let no one disregard or despise you conduct yourself and your teaching so as to command respect so in this last verse that's that is the end of the chapter he's telling Titus to tell his people all these things. Tell his congregation all these things. You know, that we're all to live good, upright lives. Basically, because we've been bought by the blood of Jesus, we are, we are not ours anymore. We are, we are the Lord's. And we are for the Lord. And we should be following him and stay away from all evil and all bad things. And, uh, and he tells Titus here, encourage and rebuke with full authority. Like, you have the authority, you know, encourage them when they're doing good or, or encourage them from doing bad to doing good. Or, But, you know, rebuke as needed, you know, correct and, and say, no, that's wrong. That's the wrong thing, man. You know, and get, get that fixed. Um, let no one disregard or despise you. So this is, don't let people ignore you. And I guess, I mean, I guess through the way you act, don't let people despise you by not, you know, don't act in, I guess, any despicable or bad way. Though I'm a little, little leery of that, the way it's said here. But it does say conduct yourself in your teaching so as to command respect. So make sure that you are also following what you teach. Because that's how, that's how you command respect is that, uh, you know, it's kind of like when I say, uh, 
you know, as a leader, you don't just boss around, you actually lead. There's actually, you know, you set examples. Uh, there's things like that that you do. And like here, when you teach and you're talking to someone and you're trying to teach these people, if you're going to be over these congregations, you need to make sure that you are practicing what you preach. It's very, very important. So it kind of goes like hand in hand with a lot of things in life. If you want people to respect what you say about something, then, you know, you kind of need to prove that uh, you're following that or that you actually have that knowledge. Like if I started talking to you about, um, I'm trying to think of something good. Oh, like uh, bio uh, bioengineering or um, I started talking to you about blood plasma. I do not know enough to be talking to you about those things. So if I, if I were, you know, you would quickly lose any faith or confidence in what I said. So uh, that kind of, that type of thing. I take it in a variety of ways, I suppose. But uh, I think it's good to think about these things and to uh, consider it possibly from more than just one viewpoint. There is the viewpoint of don't be a hypocrite. There's also the viewpoint of, you know, be in the Word, make sure you know what you're talking about as best you can. Be willing to respectfully admit if you don't know something. If you're like, oh, I'm not familiar with that, um, I don't know. I will have to find out, or, or I won't, you know, because we do have the Bible. We can go find out, you know, or that's a good question. You know what? Let me study that. Let me take a look at that, and we'll see, and, and we can study that together. That's even better, really, <laughs> but, you know. Uh, do those kinds of things and try to handle things that way so that uh, I think that I think that works better with people than you know with just coming off kind of you know know it all or uh, or you don't and you don't want to come off accidentally holier than thou even by accident people get so easily offended and you don't want to accidentally offend people so all right, all right. I'm, I'm, I know. I'm going on and on. All right. So anyway, this is going to be a short letter, and these are short chapters. And I think probably I'm making some of these too long. I apologize for that. But I just had some thoughts and ideas that I guess just needed to get out there. So thank you for bearing with me. God bless you. Keep you safe. And remember, God loves you. <laughs>